Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. I'm here with the most important person of my life, my husband, Joe Rogers. Joe, welcome. Hello, everyone. (laughs) You're so formal. Um, Joe told me a long time ago when I started this podcast, I said that I wanted to have him on, and he only agreed. I forget what the numbers were. Well, every, every time you tell the story, you increase the numbers. Okay. I think I said something very reasonable, like 2,000 listeners, and you somehow got that to 20000 and $5,000. Okay, but. well, I got to 2,000 listeners, so now you're warranted to be on the show. Anyway, I've always wanted to have you on because, I mean, you're my best friend and the love of my life, But and I think that we have great conversations, and we'll see how this all unfolds. It doesn't have to be posted. But I also think that, you are way more private than I am in a no negative connotation, just mm-hmm. the fact that I share my whole life with 20,000 people. Um, and so a lot of people wonder about you and us. And I feel like I show snippets and then I get questions all the time. And, and I feel like most of the snippets you show, I appear very angry in the yeah, background of your videos. <laughs> so people may or may not think I'm a little bit of a psychopath, but that's not the case. And hopefully some of that is conveyed in this conversation. Well, Lucy will DM me sometimes. I mean, like, Joe looks like a fucking asshole. Like, you portray him to be such a dick in your videos because you're always like, have no interest, which is totally fine. I 100% get that. And we're actually going to talk about that. But either way. I thought this would be a fun thing to do to celebrate our one-year anniversary. Not that it's today, but I'm going to release it the week of our anniversary. October 13th is our actual anniversary in case anyone wants to send us chocolate or flowers (laughs) or something. Um, So I didn't really feel like interviewing you because I thought that would just be weird. Because you do that every day? Uh, Yeah, sure. Yes. Um, So I asked people to submit questions. Okay. You haven't seen them. I have not. Because... You didn't want to prepare, and I didn't want you to either. And I'm going to answer them too. But to kick off the conversation, I have to ask my set questions. Did you prepare for this? No, I did not because I did not think we were doing the formal interview. I thought we were just doing questions from It's not from an interview, though. I have to ask. Well, that's fine. I'll answer them. But no, I actually did not prepare okay, for Okay. How would you define success? How would I define success? Um, I feel like the... Answer I hear often on this podcast is success is defined by, you know, how fulfilled you are by your job or what you're doing. And there's not necessarily, you know, a direct monetization tied to that and how well you're doing financially. I think I would answer it falls somewhere in between. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's some correlation between how well you're doing financially and how happy and passionate you are about your job. And even if you don't necessarily love your job, I think being successful financially that enables you to do things outside of your job, perhaps. That you, love. that you do love, which then, you know, makes you feel happy, makes you feel fulfilled. And I think, you know, that correlates to success. It's a good answer. And I should say that you are the most, I should tell the audience mm-hmm. that you're the most literal person I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And where I used to fall in a very type A, like, go, 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 everything, you know, whatever, um, I'm now a little bit more like, well, we'll just see what happens and let's just do this and figure it out later. And that's, I think, where we differ the most right now. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why I'm saying this, but also the fact that I do appreciate your literalness because it keeps things moving and keeps things intact. You appreciate it at times, but I would say it also yeah. frustrates you quite a bit Oh, at my times. God. It frustrates me so much. I mean, I, I really – Love the fact that you're literal because we're always hopefully going to be stable and safe and, you know, all of that sense. But then I'm also like, come on, dude, walk outside the line a little. Um, But I think that that answer was literal in the sense – you also say things that maybe other people – feel like they shouldn't say. Right. I, th- you know I think, what I mean? you know, yeah, totally. And I think a lot of the times people do come on this and say like, you know, what's the answer that people want to hear? It's like, oh, it's not about how much money you make. It's yeah. just about how fulfilled you feel. But, but money I, I think the more exact answer would be that's certainly important. You know, it's not totally defined. There's not direct correlation between, you know, how much money you make. That's how happy and successful mm-hmm. you are. But I do think that there is, you know, a culmination of the two things that come together to bring that fulfillment together. And that kind of leads to feeling a successful, happy life. I agree. And I will say that while I answered my own question of being proud 
to say what you do. I think that's what I said. I still in therapy constantly. The things I'm having anxiety over and struggling with tie back to all financial things. Mm -hmm. And so while I would love my personality to fully be, oh, success, like then I should consider myself incredibly successful because I'm very proud. But still, my brain is a little wired financially. I mean, that's that's a lie if people don't. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's a combination of two things. Yes. Um, okay, the second question we're going to get into later. Dun, dun, dun. Um, all right, these were submitted by people on Instagram. And I think that they are good questions to answer, but also like, you know, conversation starters. Loosen the mood. <laughs> Are you less nervous now that we started? Yeah, I don't think I was ever fully nervous. I just wanted okay. to make a good show for you. Oh, thank you. I love you. I was nervous you were going to come. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> have you listened to Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell's episode? Or they fight for the first yeah, hour? Yeah, so you were nervous I was so going to come and just be very confrontational with you and start a fight the whole time? Not confrontational. <laughs> I thought like maybe you wouldn't open up or like give me one-worded answers. Um, I don't know. Well, I will try my best to not thank do that. Thank you. Okay, what do you love most about each other? Do you want to go first? Sure. Because I'm a narcissist and I want to hear what you love about me. I would say the thing that I love most about you is how much you care about people. You know, obviously that ties into me, but also other people. And I literally think you would do anything for those that you care about. Um, I would cut a bitch. (laughs) Regardless of if you've known them for a year, five years, obviously Mm -hmm. me much longer. Um, I, I think that's the most attractive thing about you to me is just how much you care about people and how deep your connections are with people. Thank you. What I love most about you, I've always said that it's your humor, but I don't know because now I feel like there's so much, you're such a complex person and, and there's so many incredible characteristics about you that I feel like if I say your humor, it's so surface level, but I mean it more in a personality trait of you're fun-loving. You're such a – I mean, you make me laugh more than anyone in the entire world. And I love, love how much you make the people laugh that are close to me. It really makes me so happy. But I also think it's your ability to make people feel it, – it's your love language almost, like making people feel comfortable mm-hmm. and inclusive. Does that make sense? And lightheartedness. Yeah. And I feel like you do you do things around the apartment like you're weird dancing and singing and oh gosh, whatever. <laughs> All of that. I, you do it with the purpose of making me happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think even a lot of times when I meet new people, the first time we interact or connect, it's not necessarily going to be through this deep, thoughtful conversation. It is more yeah. based on humor and just kind of connecting and making people feel comfortable, which then leads to some of those other things down the road. I agree. And I realized I wanted to have a different conversation before we started these questions. I feel like we should give a history of ourselves because, I don't know, I feel like that's not really anywhere for any of my audience. And I think we have a great story. So I'm going to say it, but interrupt sure. me. Um, basically, we are both from Princeton, New Jersey. And we went to elementary school together. Shout out Johnson Park. But did not really know each other. Well, we didn't know each other at all. You were a grade above me. And mm-hmm. at that point, like, you don't interact with other grades in elementary school, especially different genders. But our older siblings, Will, his brother, and Maddie, my sister, were in the same grade. Yes. And a little quick anecdotal story here. Your sister... No, no, I know what you're going to say. Is that not true? Or is that just a rumor? I feel like... She, what do you she, mean? You really think she pushed him? Or, or she was somehow tied into no, him getting tossed up. off that slide no, and falling 17 joke. feet down to a broken arm. You don't actually... That's been a joke since we started dating. Will so fell maybe off she the, just saw it? Yeah, Someone, saw, somebody no, Maddie, pushed him. Maddie saw it. Okay. Maddie like vividly remembers I that I thought moment. maybe she was more involved. No, that's how she knew Will. Will fell off a slide and like really broke his arm. Like The bone was through his skin and Maddie was like traumatized by seeing it. And then when we started dating, it became a joke that Maddie pushed him, which did not happen. And I cannot believe you actually thought that. Anyway, we actually were in speech class together because we both can't say our – well, you can say them now. I struggle sometimes. I feel like you only struggle now when you're trying to string together four R's within a quick sentence. Yes, or if I'm really drunk. But we really used to not be able to see them. Yeah, it was them. like watches. Well, Which would have been a huge issue now. 
Yeah, considering we both now have that last name with two R's. Anyway, we then, he went to, I left our elementary school in fourth grade to go to the private middle school and high school. We did not know each other from then on. And then junior year, Joe was at the public high school PHS. And I mean, I think I'm saying this right, but basically you had a conversation with the PDS basketball coach. He asked you if you were playing basketball in college. Yeah, and it just seemed like a good opportunity to get to a school um, with a little bit different feel. You know, I think part of that decision at that age was just kind of having the mindset that perhaps there would be other doors open, both, you know, right. collegially through basketball, but also just access to better schools, perhaps. Um, okay. So it's kind of a combination of those two reasons as to why I made that decision. So Joe transferred to Princeton Day School, where I was, and repeated his junior year. So we were then in the same grade. And, and it was required by PDS if you, you enter during the high school, you have to repeat. Oftentimes, my friends like to circulate rumors that it was due to the inability to finger paint or things of that nature. <laughs> but I promise you it was required. And in fact, you know, my grades were quite fine in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and so then we became friends the two weeks before school because we shared mutual friends. We met your friends, like totally bullied you. And then you came to PDS. And I was like your only friend at PDS in the beginning. Yeah, I was the only one that really knew you. And then we started hanging out, and my mom would always be like, who is this Joe? And I was like, he's just a friend. He's just a friend. And then we kissed. I remember the date, actually. Mm -hmm. September 22nd, because it was a week before my Sweet 16. Yeah, and it was in your basement. But was your Sweet 16 not on your It was a month then? later, because we the okay. barn was under construction. Okay, well, that makes more sense then. Anyway... We then started dating in November of 2007. Mm -hmm. We dated junior year, senior year, went off to college. I went to Lafayette in Pennsylvania. Joe went to Grinnell in Iowa, not Cornell University, an ama amazing liberal arts school, but many people don't know of it unless you're from the Midwest. And then we graduated in 2013 and we both moved to New York, dated until... October 2017 when Joe proposed on the 21st in Bayhead. The 22nd. 21st, I think. Yeah. Not, yeah. not important detail, Whatever. but somewhere in that, in that um, weekend. Proposed in Bayhead, New Jersey. It was the most incredible weekend of my life, and he pulled off, like, the best surprise weekend. I, ne I actually never thought I'd truly be surprised as badly as I wanted to because I know everything, and I'm such a nosy fucker. But... I was blown away surprised. I had no idea, as is evidenced by my look <laughs> that day. And then we got married almost exactly a year later on October 13th, 2018 at Cedar Lakes Estate, which he had booked before he proposed because he's God's gift to earth. I have to give Cindy and Judd a little bit of credit there. You know, they helped me kind of get that process rolling in terms of getting a book, so I don't want to take all the credit for that. Okay. Happening. Well, either way, it really made me the happiest person in the world. And I'll post our wedding video just because it's the best thing ever. Um, okay, back to the questions. What are your love languages? Do you know what that means? I do not think I know what that means. Joey, I sent you that quiz like a long time ago. Do you remember that? Yes. And we had this conversation because in a podcast. Oh, in terms of like, oh, like do you feel loved if you get gifts? If yeah, you get yeah. Like recognition? Like, yeah. What, what are the options again, quiz. though? There weren't like five distinct options? Yes. And now I'm forgetting. I remember what yours was. But it was the options are gifts, basically, words of affirmation, acts of services, quality time. I cannot remember the fifth. I think, I think one of mine was acts of services Yours. but it wasn't in the sense of like receiving gifts or anything of that nature no that's like it's not yeah gifts. okay so it's yeah. more so that I appreciate when I see people you know do things not necessarily for me but just mm -hmm. you know versus just saying things yes um, so I definitely think that that was one of mine I can't unfortunately remember I think that was your was. number and quality time I think yeah. because I was having all the people in my life take this quiz because I realized that the love language that you receive and you want may not be the same as everyone else so that you shouldn't necessarily give the same love language mm -hmm. to everyone. Yeah, which I think makes a lot of sense. Totally. So yours is acts of services that you like to receive in mm -hmm. quality time. Mine is acts of services and words of affirmation. What can I say? I like to be told that I'm loved <laughs> and that I'm doing a great job. 
Um, how do you think your personalities differ? Um, I think there are quite a few areas where our personalities differ, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think no, you know, I agree. in terms of having a healthy relationship, I think it's good to have balance. But I'd say if I had to start with one thing, um, you're much more of a planner than I am. Oh, yeah. I think I'm a little bit more spontaneous. I think if you even simplify it just down to, you know, a weekend in the city, I'm <laughs> fine having no plans, kind of just, you know, whenever someone texts me, like, hey, I'll meet you there and kind of going with the flow like versus the you like to know. Yeah, whatever. And right, I'm also totally fine if there's nothing going on versus you kind of want to have everything mapped out. Like, hey, we have brunch with these people. We'll meet these people for drinks then. We'll go out to dinner yeah. here and then we'll, you know, do X, Y, Z after. So I think that's one of the biggest areas Does where we differ. Does that bother you when I do that? No, I think, once again, I think a healthy combination yeah. is good. I think it's beneficial for both of us because I think it also pushes us to each try to accept the other side and the other point of view. I agree. So some weekends will be very planned and structured. And then I think sometimes you'll say, hey, maybe we need to step, take a step back and just kind of let the weekend come to us. Mm-hmm. And also within each weekend, different days, you know, there yeah, can be absolutely. a structured part of it. It's pushing ourselves outside of what? What would you say boundaries. is one of the areas? Well, you said other ones. What were the other ones? Some of the other areas where we differ. Um, oh, okay. Well, I, I don't. I don't mean this to be an attack on care. you, but I would just say one thing. For example, is you have very strong opinions in what you want to do, <laughs> and I knew this not, not to say that I don't have strong opinions, yeah. but I think I'm a little bit more accepting if what you say does not agree with me, right? Versus you know, vice versa. Whereas if you have something in your head. You know, you want me to want to do something or you want me to I feel a certain... I want you to do the dishes. I, I want, want you to want, want to, do, to the do the dishes. Right. So if, you know, if you want me to have a certain view on something in life even, yeah, I feel like you get disappointed or almost angry if I don't do it, even if it's not wrong, just because in your head you it's really wanted mine. me to feel that way and it's not the way you feel about yeah, something. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily that it's not my opinion. It's that I don't think it's the right opinion. Yeah. Which, Yeah. I agree. Um, how do we differ? Definitely the plan situation, although I do think to my mm-hmm. – I don't know what the word is, but defense. I have – Yes, to my defense. I've gotten better about it. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't saying it as if like care. you're over-the-top structurally I know. planned. I was more so just saying that's definitely an area where I think many people would agree we differ in our approach. Absolutely. And I take no offense. Um I mean, there's the obvious, like, when we're out and I'm like, okay, time to go home. And I'm like, let's stay out until 10. And you're like, I'm not fucking leaving. Um, I think that's one. But that's not really personalities. I mean, part of that, if we're being honest, is also well, it's planning, but it's also definitely tied into the fact that you know you've had to really cut back on alcohol consumption, and those nights typically happen if you're making a drunk decision to stay out late. Right. You know, I I don't think anyone's soberly soberly. at one o'clock like, oh yeah, let's go to another bar and have another drink. So I think that definitely plays a huge piece. Next, I think that you used. I think sometimes you used to you know have that same mindset. Yeah. Oh my god, definitely. Now I'm just an old rag. Um. I'm I'm totally blanking on like other ways that our personalities differ. I I mean I think it's like kind of what we talked about about you being more literal mm-hmm. and me as of recently being more well let's just do this and figure it out later, mm-hmm. which is a different thing. Um, what do you fight about? I feel like we just kind of talked about. Yeah, two of I them. think I think that ties into we honestly we don't fight often, and I'm not just saying no, that. No, I know, we're, and we're I speak on this it's podcast. So annoying when people say that, but, but I, I agree. think. The things that we do fight about are the exact things that we just discussed, to be honest. Our yeah. fights start sometimes I if I want to stay out late and you're annoyed by that. Or it starts uh-huh. if, you know, you say, oh, I had this plan in mind of us going out to dinner Friday night. And even though it may have never actually been 100% scheduled, you know, I then had made plans doing something else. And then that kind of leads to a little bit of an argument just because yeah. your expectations were not met for you know, perhaps what we had wanted to do for that evening. Right. I think... I, I think it's so annoying when couples say they don't fight and we fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, we fight way less than other couples I know of. Mm-hmm. And I think m- the main reason for that is because we're very honest with each other, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And we do not let emotions fester at all, which I think is how fights really start. But I think 
when we do argue, yes, the going home when we're out is a big one. And I think that also includes the fact of me having – I think what bothers you the most is when I – and what upsets me the most, which I don't think is fair, is when I create plans or ideas in my head and I don't even necessarily always speak them. And then when that doesn't happen, I feel let down, Mm -hmm. which isn't fair really because I never even voice them sometimes. So like how would you know? But that's like when we're out, it's like, okay, I want to go home in my head. And then I'm like, okay, let's go home like an hour later. And you're like, what? No, like yeah. it's not your way to the highway. Then I would say, you but know, the, no, I'm joking. the one other area I think also ties back into something else we previously talked about. But the fact that I can be so literal sometimes, I think that sometimes yes. you would appreciate if I would try to take a step back. I not would. be so black and white, you know, not to say that I'm not open minded. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I do have very direct responses where I'm very factual in, you know, my reasoning for feeling a certain way. And then pop, perhaps, you know, not taking into account some other underlying factors that may not be directly evident to the situation. It's as if you take statistics have much more weight than emotional mm-hmm. for you. And I think that's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. And. I think it's a great characteristic in certain situations and I think in other situations yep. there's a gray area. But I do think you've moved more into the gray area over time and I think other people would agree with me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. But I do think that's probably yeah. one of the other areas that sometimes leads to arguments. I was thinking about this. Like what did we fight about in high school? Like in the beginning of our relationship. What did we fight about? Like when in we high were school? young. I'm sure it was like stupid shit but – I couldn't even think of any. I mean, I, I know there were fights, but I honestly can't think of any. I, I honestly don't fully remember. I'm sure some of them were very stupid fights. I think it was... Maybe you got frustrated sometimes with me in school when I wasn't taking it as seriously as you. Um, that could have been a potential area. I didn't take high school area. that seriously. Oh. I didn't do that well. I don't think. Did I take it seriously? I took college very seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't think I took high school that seriously. I mean, I applied to your colleges for you, but <laughs> I don't think I did high But I think in high school was also like, I think this is very much girls versus boys and just maturity. But it was you not – I think I used to get frustrated by you not making an effort to make plans. Like It was mm-hmm. always like I had to make the plans. I had to – it, like yeah, where you would feel like, oh, if I didn't reach it, out to you, we, exactly. wouldn't, we wouldn't see each other this right, weekend. Right, you right. just go hang out with your guy friends. Yeah, that's probably one of the yeah. bigger areas. Yeah, and it used to be you felt like you asked me out so many times, and I said no, and then I thought you were joking. Remember, I found the AIM chat, and you said, "Fine, we will never be serious then." Look, yes, to, to be fair though, I do uh, think most of the, uh, most uh, of the times I did ask, it wasn't a very joking manner. Whatever. And you didn't want to say yes until I did it very formally. I didn't want you to like formally fucking like bring me over a corsage and say we'd be <laughs> No, my but you were, like, you were like, you have to ask me very seriously. This no, is very you serious. would ask me over AIM. You'd be like, will you be my girlfriend? And nothing would be typed out. Isn't that how things were handled back then? No. You're ridiculous. Um, and then in college, I feel like we were fortunate enough where I feel like we didn't really fight. And we're going to get into college because people ask about long distance, but. There was never that I'm so mad at you for going out to a party and getting drunk. Yeah, and I think – On either end because no, I, 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 I completely shit. agree with that. And I think we were just very similar in our approach to college in the sense that we were both playing sports. I think we I were agree. both very busy with that. And I think we also both had a very active social life. Yeah. And we were okay to both go out and have fun so there wasn't that dynamic of – one of the individuals in the relationship being this huge partier while the other one's right. kind of sitting back in their dorm just thinking about, oh, like, what are they doing? We were both out enjoying yeah. our college lives. And I, I think, think we both respected the fact that we both need to have fun at college. I think that would have been really hard if, like, one of us loved partying more. Mm-hmm. Or, honestly, if one of us didn't play sport. Because mm-hmm. I think the hard – okay, so now let's get into this. How did you make your relationship work long distance? So, as I said, Joe went to school in Iowa. I went to school in Pennsylvania. I think – one of the hardest weeks of college, I remember this, was the week you went to college a week before me. Mm-hmm. And I was still at home, bored with nothing to do at the end of the summer. And you were in college. And we had decided that we were going to stay together because we were young and in love. And I I was so upset because you weren't attentive to me because 
is so my, it was my first so. week of college. I, I'm not looking yeah, yeah. at you. So rightfully so. You were meeting people going out. Like I would never want you to be the guy that's like, oh, sorry, I have to text my girlfriend. But you do a lot of these little, I know, little I know. voices. I'm sorry. I've never done this before. <laughs> it's just when I talk about you. But I've never done it before on the show. But um, that was the hardest week because I didn't understand what college was. And so I was so like, why is he not paying attention to me? And then when I got to college, I was like, oh, duh. Mm-hmm. He's, I'm busy. He's busy. Right. You saw what it was like. Yeah. And because we played sports, we were really busy. And so one of us wasn't sitting home doing nothing all day. We were either waking up, going to lift, going to class, doing homework, going to practice, going to games, partying. We had a very similar, like, packed schedule. Yes. What, what was this initial question? How did you make your relationship work long distance? Yeah, okay. Um, so I think but there's wait, actually... I want to say one more thing, sorry. I, okay, then I have one more thing to add. Well, yeah, we, I have a lot more too. But I want to say one more about the sports thing. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that we went to school so far away, is that what you were going to say? You just, you just upstreamed me. That's what I was going to say. Okay, you can say it. No, I was going to say, I think it actually helped us in the fact that we were so far away where we did not have the option of, you know, driving two hours every week and to spend time right. together. Because I think you see that happen quite a bit when these couples, you know, they're dating in high school, they go to college, they're an hour and a half apart. And then... Or even like three hours, people do it. Right. And I think then that holds them back in forming relationships with other people and mm-hmm. meeting new friends at their respective schools. Um, and so then I think, you know, in, in the long run, there's some resentment there, you know, if they ever, especially if they ever break up, because then you say, hey, I missed out on all this time. Yeah. So I think the fact that we were so far apart was certainly challenging, but it forced us to grow individually. Yeah. And find other ways to make it work. And the fact that we were so far apart and playing sports because we didn't we were have so, weekends. We were so busy, right? Well, we didn't have weekends. Like, even if we were far apart, sure, we could have been like, oh, I'll fly to you for the weekend, but we didn't have. It was there, like it wasn't the option. It wasn't feasible. No. So we saw each other once a semester. What do you want, the tea? Um, here. We saw each other once a semester mm-hmm. when you had fall break. I was – the other thing was nice that I lived near – my school was near home. So when you came home over fall break, like it was easy for you to visit me. It was easy for me to go home, whatever. And then winter break and then spring break. break there was a speech impediment. Um, you would come visit me and I made a trip out to Iowa every – Unfortunately, once in a while. Um, anything else about how we made our relationship work? No, I think we touched on the major things. I both I think that we respected each other's just individual individual space at college and allowed each yeah. other to enjoy that. Um, and then all the other factors you just mentioned. You know, the, we were fortunate enough that we both lived in Princeton, so whenever there were breaks, we were in the right. same area, so we didn't have to have that constant battle of spending time with family and each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you could accomplish both at once. Yeah. Um, you, think- you alluded to the fact that Lafayette's very close to Princeton, so right. I had that fall break, I think it was every October. Mm-hmm. I'd come home, I'd spend a few days there, even though my winter break was you know, shortened due to basketball. You would find time over winter break to come out to Iowa, so I think mm-hmm. you know, we found ways to make it work. Yeah, and I also think... I mean, I, sure, we've touched on the fact that sports and distance helped, but it really comes down to personality. Mm-hmm. The fact that we respect the shit out of each other and we never want to hold each other back. And I never, ever wanted to hold you back from making friends or having a social life or enjoying college in the same way I never wanted to be held back. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be the person or on either end of the coin that was leaving a party to go FaceTime. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't us. We would text. We're going out. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If we happen to get back at the same time, we can drunkenly talk. If not, like no hard feelings. There wasn't any like, I can't believe you're not answering me. Yep. Shiitake. Um, on that note, did you ever regret not being single in college or New York City? So I've talked about this on my stories before. We broke up freshman – no, sophomore spring. Sophomore, senior year. And senior spring. Yeah. So – just to give context of the breakups, we and, and honestly though I think they were for the time you know very mature in the sense that it wasn't really like these nasty fighting breakups. No, I think you know we did understand and accept the fact that it is extremely challenging to be across the country going to school. Yeah, we both had I think you know hope and a desire that we were always going to be together in the long run. Mm-hmm. But I think we also both you know understood that it was important to. Not, not that you're not experiencing the full no, college. No, I hate with, that. Saying. I know. I'm saying that you weren't doing that, but 
it was a healthy, I think it was a healthy thing for our relationship to have some time apart during college. I agree. Now, I think that being said, the breaks were different because sophomore year, we went into college saying, just honestly, though, the thing that pisses me off when I look back on this is that everyone was like, oh, are you going to stay together in college? Well, you have to at least have a break to experience college. Like, mm-hmm. people fuck off, first of all. Yeah, but I, think, I think that ties back into the fact that you see a lot of couples that are very controlling on one end of the spectrum. Yes. So it's tough. Fine. To, no, I'm saying, I so it's tough to fully. I've seen examples of people not being able to fully experience college because yes. they're being held back. So I think that might be the greater point that people are trying to make versus our specific situation. Right. And I feel like, well, I guess that's actually the next one. Well, We'll talk about the breaks later because that's the next question. But how did we – did we ever regret – I never regretted not being single because – and breaks aside, fine. Like I think the breaks were actually incredible learning experiences for our relationship. But I never felt held back because I had a boyfriend. Quite honestly, I would say I experienced college and had a better college experience than most because – and maybe feel the same way. I was able to have complete freedom. I was not – oh, shit. I wasn't responsible to, like, answer to anyone because I would go out, I'd party, and then when people were busy about, like, who they were going to hook up with or, like, what a boy was saying and crying over it or, like, leaving a party to go back with someone, I was able to just do whatever the fuck I wanted. I was hanging out with people at the end of the night. Like, there was no drama. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I got the best experience of college. And it was honestly when we moved into New York that I realized, oh, my God, I have to – like obviously I love you and I want to spend as much time with you as possible. Like shit, I have to remember like we have to schedule time together because I was used to being so independent and doing whatever. Yeah, I think even to that point, I think you think about sometimes relationships that are formed in college. I know we talked about the potential um, downfalls of having these high school relationships where they're visiting each other every weekend. Yeah. But when you start dating someone in college, you see some of those same effects of, you know, you're spending all this time perhaps with this one specific person mm-hmm. versus all your friend groups. So I think that, yeah. that enabled us to have some of these different experiences I agree. in our situation. Okay. So how were your breakups who initiated getting back together? So sophomore, what I was saying earlier was when we went into college, we were like, oh, we'll stay together through college with the like agreement that at one point we'll go on a break, which was whatever, like juvenile of us. And so I vividly remember sophomore year over winter break, you had gone back to school and we were FaceTiming and I was at home in Princeton and we were in an amazing place in our relationship, but we were just like, everyone says we should go on a break at some point, like is now the right time because we don't want to do it when we're angry with each other and like be fighting and whatever and I don't know, which just we agreed that it was the right time. So it was the most amicable mm-hmm. thing in the world. I mean, I think my mom was more heartbroken than anyone because she was concerned about, about whether she was allowed to text you. Mm-hmm. So we were – this is like such a friends. We were on a break, but we were on a break. We were still talking, but sure, we were quote-unquote single. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always the agreement that we would get back together. Mm-hmm. And so sophomore summer, we got back together. Senior year was different because that was winter break. No, it was middle of senior semester. Yeah, middle of senior kind of. And your basketball season ended. And I think you had a similar feeling that I had after lacrosse ended of like for us and I think a lot of athletes, your season ending is almost more of a like holy fuck moment than graduating college because like – that's yeah, something like you've that's had for your whole it, yeah, life, whole and that's life. the end of your athletic career unless you're fortunate enough to go play professionally, which maybe in another life we would have been. Um, and so I think you had that moment then, and I rem- it was more – you. It, I mean, I, we can say this. The sophomore break was very, like, mutual. The senior break was more you saying, like, it's not that I don't love you, but I just feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to – experienced the last month and a half of my college differently and in my opinion I wouldn't want to hold you back from that and so we agreed to go on a break and it was again like okay fine we won't be together and we're not going to talk all the time or a lot but like we'll get back together when we graduate so when this person says uh who initiated getting back together it was always like the agreement senior year was much harder Mm -hmm. for us to get back together because it was more of a serious 
breakup break and I think there was just a lot of emotion and a lot of different things. Um, and I think that was probably the most that we struggled after graduation. Yeah, and, and I think, and I think though, it's a, a combination of, of a ton of things. Right. I think obviously it was tough getting back together, but I think a lot of that also tied into your being thrown into this new city, this new pressure of a full-time job, which you've never had before. 100%. Reality sets in that you're not going back to school. So I think to your point, there was a lot of other underlying emotions going mm-hmm. on between everybody that kind of made that situation more challenging. Um, just yeah. Those components. But I think that was probably the hard, I mean, that was definitely the hardest part of our relationship. And maybe I think everyone I talked about with Lucy in that episode of like graduating college and that period of your life is just really fucking difficult. Um, how do you maintain your connection when you both live such busy lives? Um, I mean, obviously the fact that we're married and live together, we still see each other. Yeah mostly every night unless I'm traveling or you're traveling. Uh-huh. But I think having simple um, traditions, even something like Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Kind of, no, I think but we no, connect over that. We both look forward to that. And I think we have some other things. You know, we try to do crossword puzzles together. Mm-hmm. We have some weekend walks. So I think having some of these Back things in, which we haven't been yeah, doing to look forward to each week um, that you kind of block off that time where you say, hey, you know, this is our time to connect and yeah. try to really push everything off during those frames. Yeah. And something also I'm trying to implement is like when you get home or I get home, whoever gets home, usually you're mm-hmm. getting home after me because I'm home. Um, but putting down technology and spending 10 minutes even just to connect in that instance of like, how was your day? How are you? Where are you emotionally? Because like, you know, sometimes you come home from work really happy. Sometimes you came home frustrated. Sometimes you come into an apartment where I'm like jumping around dancing and other times where I'm like ready to cry. So I think those 10 minutes are the most crucial moment of a day for us because mm-hmm. it's our reconnection. Because in the morning, yeah, we see of, each other for five seconds. Right, and that first 10 minutes kind of sets the tone for the totally rest of the evening. Yeah. Um, I also would say that it's really helpful that we have similar friends. 100%. Because I think, once again, that allows us to have these relationships with yeah. our friends, spend that time with our friends. And you're comfortable joining those situations versus us feeling like we need to go out and make these individual plans. Totally agree. Even the way our friends interact with each other. Yeah. We can have That's larger group settings, you know, with your friends and my friends. Yeah. I think, A, coming from the same hometown, but B, we're both the kind of, well, I'm like a host in my group of friends almost. Mm-hmm. And you are too. Yeah, uh, I host a lot of the football games, for Yeah, example. so I feel a hundred and ten percent comfortable hanging out with you and your 20 guy friends like Mm -hmm. i love them as if i mean some of them are my best friends and the same way you are super close with a lot of my best girlfriends and you have conversations with them all the time alone and you hang you would hang out with them alone Mm -hmm. and i love nothing more than when all of our friends are in one place from different walks of our lives and they're connecting you know that makes me really happy um how did you go about wedding planning without killing each other? Um, I guess I'll take this first. But to be totally honest, I was not overly involved with the wedding planning. There were a couple things that I you know, had opinions on in terms of obviously the guest list, yeah. um, the food that was being served. But I'd say 90% of the planning was probably between you and your mom. Yeah. So I think the better question is how did you two not kill each other? Oh, not easily. Um, yeah, I mean, I struggled more with my mom than I did with you because I think you were great in the sense of you said, listen, I obviously care about certain things, but I don't care about every single thing. And I think that can go two ways because I think a lot of brides feel like their husband doesn't care and it's annoying to them. You cared, but you didn't care about the minute things. So there wasn't another chef in the kitchen or Mm -hmm. cook in the kitchen. Like it was more, I did all like the groundwork. And then I came to you yeah, I would being kind of like, get here are the around, two options. Right, around decision time, though, yeah. versus that buildup of starting from there's these 15 different table exactly. settings we can use. It's more so here's our option of these three. Which one do you like? Yeah. And then hopefully we And then you that. did have an opinion on yeah, that, yeah. which was nice. Because if you were just like, I don't care, I would have hit you in the face. Um, what is the biggest, and also, it was just like the best weekend ever, and we had the most incredible people helping us. Um, what is the biggest difference between living together and being married? So in terms of your actual day-to-day, there's not much that really changes. I'd say the biggest thing that changes is honestly just 
your connection with the other person. I know. Once you get crazy, it's really hard to explain until you go through it. But I'm sure it's, you know, similar as when you have a kid, it's hard to explain what that connection feeling is until you actually go through that yourself. Yeah. So I'd say the biggest difference is just how our connection evolved kind of over that time period. I agree because it's so funny when I think about our relationship over the past 12 years. I think you start to realize that some of the little things just don't matter. It doesn't matter. So high school, I was madly in love with you. And then college, I fell more in love with you. And then when we got back together, I say this all the time, like our high school and college was like puppy love. And then we were like a real term, like real relationship. Mm -hmm. But then like when we moved in together, I loved you a different, I loved you more. And then when we got engaged, I was like, I didn't even think I could love you more. And then when we got married, I'm like, oh my God, like it's just wild that Mm -hmm. it keeps untapping. And I mean, I can totally match. I mean, I know I'm going to even fall more in love with you as a father, watching you as a father, because like that's just going to melt my heart. But isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I'd say I'm saying I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, there's obviously some little things that yeah, become but challenges, whatever. but like, you know, fi- like what? No, not, not even like finances, just in terms of, I think, holidays, for example. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a little bit more pressure once you're a married couple of having that feeling. I think, especially because we're in the same hometown. Yeah. Of thinking, you know, you should be doing everything together. You're a married couple, whereas we used to be able to be like, Oh, you can go you to your that, grandma's dinner. I'll yeah. go to my grandma's dinner and we'll kind of do our separate yeah. things. I mean, I, I think, had an emotional breakdown over Yes, yeah, so I think working through some of those things become challenges. Um, but the day-to-day living together, not much really changes on that front. Except for the fact that we're that annoying couple that only refers to each other as husband and wife. Wife? <laughs> husband? That's how we greet each other every day. Um, how did you know he or she was the one or when? Do you want me to answer? You can go first. Well, I don't necessarily think there's like a moment. Because I don't, I think that happens sometimes when people meet older and it's like, oh, I knew. But we were so little. I honestly remember when I was 16 telling my two best friends, Amy and Lizzie, like, I'm going to marry Joe. And I wholeheartedly believed it. And I, Lizzie said that. Well, they both said it in the wedding speech, and that's when Lizzie cried. But she's like, it's incredible to have your best friend at such a young age say, I'm going to marry that guy, and now she is. So Mm -hmm. that I felt like I always was going to. Also, maybe I'm naive, but I come from high school sweethearts, so I just like thought it was feasible. Mm -hmm. Also, I think that there was like a moment where we were really challenged in our relationship, and there was definitely a time in that moment where you could have – handled it in a really negative way and you this is what I mean by your humor you made a joke solely in the effort to comfort me mm-hmm. and it was that moment where I was like I want to spend the rest of your, my life with you yeah I, I think it's or easy reassured that I want yeah to I think it's easy to say that you know in high school you felt that way you always knew you're going to be together but I don't think that's necessarily realistic to actually know at that point but I think it actually does come through the times when you're challenged. Um, yeah. Going back to just kind of moving into the city together out of college, mm-hmm. you know, when it was a little rocky at times, yeah. I think when you had the feeling of, I need to do whatever it takes to get through this patch mm-hmm. because I don't want to experience, you know, life without her. Yeah. I think that's when you really know. And, and I when, actually, it, when it's easy to say, okay, let's just end this and not care about it. Right. And that's the last thing you want to do. And I actually was looking through my email to find something the other day, and I found during this time we sent a I sent a very long email to you, and because we weren't really speaking, and you responded, and your response was very interesting. Now reflecting on it, because you said I got to a point where I didn't feel like I couldn't survive without you, because, and you were like, I don't mean to say that in a negative way. I mean that more of like. I'm actively going to choose to be back with you because I love you, not because I feel like I need to. Mm -hmm. It was interesting and well-worded. And it's a different view on things, but it's true. Um, How does it it feel to have your wife share so much of her life with the world? This is really only for you to answer. To be honest... I don't have an Instagram, so I think most of the I things totally was gonna most of the things that you share are through the video platform versus just post. So I, I see like some of the posts sometimes when <laughs> I hop on the desk. Platform. 
when I, when I hop on the, the desktop and go to www.instagram.com and I'll, I'll see some of the things you're posting. But for the most part, that's not really where you're sharing your I life. I totally agree. Um, so I honestly don't see things outside of what you show me. Yeah, like I wonder how you would handle certain things. I wonder how you would react to certain videos. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm an open book in all aspects of my life and you know that. But I'm sure, like Lucy. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're different in that front. I'm not someone who feels comfortable Mm -hmm. or necessarily sees a necessity behind sharing everything. But I'm also not doing this as a career. Yeah. So I I completely, while I'm not comfortable doing it, I understand why you need to do it, the reasoning behind doing so. You're trying to connect with people, make people feel comfortable, sharing experiences that are relatable. So I get why you do it. I, I myself would not be able to do that, but. Right. I totally understand and respect and support the fact that you do do it and why Thank you do you. it. I love you. You said do do. Um, I also think that I had the conversation with you of like what's off boundaries. You know, what am I not allowed to – like because I think it's easy to get uh, – not easy, but I find it easy to get on there and share everything about my life mm-hmm. because what do I care you know, if if I can help one person by sharing something that maybe I feel shame over or I'm embarrassed by or I feel alone about, then my job's done. But mm-hmm. it's also you have to acknowledge that my life is no longer just mine. Right. What I'm sharing is also inclusive of your life, whether I'm talking about, you know, say I was talking about financial struggles. Those are yours too then. And similar things like that. And so – I forget where I heard this, but someone said that they did this. So I sat you down and said, like, you know, what topics are mm-hmm. off the table? So I do think I do a good job in that front. Totally. I don't think I've ever really come across situations where I've had to say, you know, why would you ever share no, that? I, I think agree. you understand the things that shouldn't be talked right. about. Like, for example, if I was going through a challenging situation with my family, like, I know that that's not something exactly. you would talk about because that's not directly, re- while it is related to you and you well, go through that yes, with me. because they're my family. But that's not something that you would ever feel the need to share with your audience. No. And I think you totally understand and respect and those also, boundaries. And also, like, your work is off the table. Just not that you've ever said that, but I don't like to talk. Like, I see some people talking about, like, their significant other's work in a very public way. And I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that if I was the other person. Yeah. So, um, and I forget if it, yeah, but I actually think it's helps so much that you don't have an Instagram because you don't see my stories to be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you saying these things or doing that? Like when I said something about like, I got my period back. Lucy was like, Joe is so lucky. He doesn't have an Instagram. You're so lucky. Joe doesn't have an Instagram. <laughs> um, this is like a longer thing, but I want to read it because I liked the wording. I believe Joe wholeheartedly believes that you can accomplish whatever you put your mind to. But once you went after those dreams slash goals, did you ever feel pressure not to let him down? If so, how did you deal with the pressure and continue to push forward with Freckled Foodie even when it was maybe not making as much money or growing as quickly as you hoped at the start? So That sounds like a good question for you. I know. Um, I will say that during my like so after my accident during that disability when I was not able to go back to work and I was left to just like think and meditate and journal that was when I had the realization of I think I want to do this well not I think I'm going to do this full time I I need to take a chance and just figure it out and I think a lot of people think – someone asked me recently like, oh, did you use your disability to like get your business growing? And absolutely not because I couldn't be on freaking technology. So right. not at all. I left with no plan really. But I, I obviously sat you down and was like, oh, I want to quit my job and I want to pursue this. Do I have your support? And you said yes, 100%. You can talk about that more. But – it's an interesting question because this is something I actually struggle with and it's nothing that you've made me feel, but it's me projecting my emotions onto you. I talk about it with my therapist. Um, I feel not pressure because you've never put pressure on me. It's pressure I put on myself that I projected onto you. It's like I don't want to let you down and I don't want you to ever resent the fact that I did this mm-hmm. because sure, we can talk about it from many angles, but like I had a steady job. I had benefits. I was making really good money, which is 
technically our money. I was, you know, had, I was maybe less anxious. I wasn't constantly working on the weekends or at home. And so I never want there to be a feeling of resentment. And I think I'm extra weary and nervous of that. So maybe I project it onto you, but you never make me feel like that. Yeah. I mean, I think from my perspective, obviously it's not as if there wasn't a decision that had to be discussed. Like that's a huge life milestone to make a decision like that. But from my perspective, I always fully supported you because I could see behind the scenes how much effort and dedication you were going to put into this. Yeah. Um, I obviously believe in you as a person and I mean, how selfish would that be on my end if I said, I want you to go be miserable at this job you spend nine hours a day at just because you're yeah. guaranteed to make a little bit more, more money, hours, Yeah, whatever it may be, you know, yeah. that seemed insane to me. And I know that you always ask, like, are you sure you're okay with this? Mm-hmm. Like, of course I was like, I would never want you to not feel happy. And it helped, obviously, the fact that I knew how dedicated and hardworking you were. Yeah. And I truly believed that you were going to build this into something successful, which you obviously have and I'm not at all surprised by. Um, but so for me, it never really was even like a challenging decision. Thanks, honey. Um, what is your least favorite thing that I do? Tied into your job? No, no, or- no, no, no. In life. You can say anything. I don't care. The least, my least favorite thing that you do. I mean, I don't want to go back to things that we've already talked about, but I think the thing I think we've ta- like discussed yeah. this in private that I get most frustrated by is when you have a plan or idea in your head that we have not discussed at all, <laughs> and then I make another plan, and then you get you know frustrated or upset with me because we're now yeah, not but you're doing. You're supposed to read my mind. I understand that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's probably. Yeah. You know, the thing that I struggle with the most if I had to pick something. Okay. That's fair. I can live with that. Do you want to know mine? Uh, not really, but go for it. Well, none of them are that serious. When you do the condescending, honey, I hate that. Um, I-, I can live with that if that's the And thing. when you don't go to Nyack in the morning and you hog the bathroom. Like showering, shaving, shaving. Yeah. Well, like once again, though, that's just like such a re- that. that's such a reasonable thing. It's no, the fact, because then the I'm fact like, that you're, the you, you get once again, you get frustrated by the fact that I'm actually utilizing okay, her apartment. No, no, no. <laughs> you take you take a long time doing stuff, and you are in there, and then if I have to use the bathroom, it's like. Well, luckily, luckily, most mornings I am I making know. my way to the gym, and I'm not tying up the bathrooms. Yes. Um. On a serious note, I don't know what it would be. Probably like when you don't want to do anything it's on the week when you like it's more just the fact that we're different in that sense that like you're okay sitting on a couch all day long. I think or like not to answer for you, but I think you probably get frustrated by the fact that you have to do most of the planning and you would like maybe if I if I plan things more. Yeah, but I'm also a control freak, so I don't know how much I would like that. Okay. Um uh I forgot something that I like a fight going back to that. I have two, twofold things. One is I struggle currently with the fact that like I'm not drinking as heavily mm-hmm. or as much as I used to. And so I feel like our life, our life is either like us two hanging out in the apartment, cooking dinner and like watching TV or something, mm-hmm. or it's like we're out with friends at a bar drinking. Right. And I've said this to you. It's not like I'm like laying this onto you on this podcast, but I would like more of an effort of us doing fun things that don't revolve around alcohol so that I don't feel as left out mm-hmm. because it's not like I don't want to be drinking. Right. That's fair. For the most part. Um, and then the other thing that we used to fight about is when I would be like, you just dis- when I would have decision fatigue, especially for food, and I'm like, okay, you decide what we're doing for food, and then you'd get frustrated because you felt because like because I then okay. say six different things, and you say you don't want any of them, so then I say, no, why are you asking me to choose? No, 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 it wasn't that I didn't want them, it was that I, I was, it was when okay, fine, I was a little anal about like, like what I was consuming, and food took up way too much brain space, and like I was. A little, I was on elimination diets and I had intolerances, but I was like a little too psycho about it and restrictive Mm -hmm. just out of fear. And there was a lot of anxiety around food. 
And then you would be like, well, I don't even know what your intolerances are right now. And I then felt like it meant you weren't listening to me. Mm -hmm. So that was a big one we used to fight about. But we've since gotten much better at that. My therapist still recommends, which we haven't done, that one night of the week you're in charge of dinner. And I have no say in it, which I like that idea, but we're always so busy. It's like we're not eating dinner together every night anyway. Yeah, I feel like especially you've had a lot of I have so much events recently. On. I know. Um, every time I say yes to an event, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I go, I'm like, why the fuck did I say yes to this? But then you also did do that helpful thing, which we actually haven't utilized much. I know. That's but you put thinking. together this full like spreadsheet of all these it's different not a spreadsheet it was a word whatever document. it was all these different restaurants that you like and you know the types of dishes you liked at those right. restaurants so that, that would make it say, easier so i could say hey you know i'll choose from one of these 15 places and yeah know that you'll like it and it's also just the fact of like what's gluten and soy free and like right and i don't know. have to try to call the restaurant and ask about every exactly. single yeah exactly because you don't like doing that um okay what is the, your favorite characteristic about yourself my favorite characteristic about myself, I'd say probably similar to what I said about you, how much I care and how loyal I am to not only you, but my friends. You're like I care deeply friend. about the people I'm close to. Yeah. And similar to you, like I think I would do pretty much anything for any of them, whether that be family, friends, extended family. Um, and I think a lot of my friends would probably have that same response. Yeah, I agree. Do you have any questions for me? Do you have any questions for you? You repeat every question I ask you. Do you notice that? Well, I think because I'm taking a little bit of time yeah, so to internalize what the question is. You don't have to is. respond with the question. I feel like we're now turning into like Dax and the Chris episode. Now it's starting to get a little feisty. We're here not after 45 feisty. Minutes. We're not pickering. I'm just saying. Do I have any questions for you? You just did it again. That was a joke. Oh. What would you say the biggest challenges have been for you in the first you know, year and a half of starting the business? Um... I would say dealing with the pressure I put on myself because it's not as if anyone else is putting this pressure on me because I think that you would put pressure on me maybe if I was someone that, rightfully so, decided I was going to leave my job, do this full time, and then hung out in the apartment four days a week and watched Mm -hmm. Netflix all day and spent all this money on food and didn't really do anything. Obviously, that's warranted. But... I think because I'm a hard worker, no one's putting pressure on me and I put an insane amount of pressure on myself Mm -hmm. and it, I think, causes a lot of anxiety and that's obviously something I'm very open about discussing in all my channels, but I think I really have a hard time taking a step back and not being so hard on myself and feeling like I'm doing a good job and being proud of what I'm doing, I just feel like there's always more to be done Mm -hmm. or there's always something better or what I put out there could always be better. I just have really high expectations and I set a really extremely unachievable, to be honest, bar for myself because if you had told me when I left my job and this is just like one easy tangible way Mm -hmm. and it's not actually – well, it's not even something I care about. So if you had told me when I quit my job like within a year and a half I would be on like a – Forbes piece, a Washington Post, like a all of those things. Which is incredible, by I would the way, never, for the first year and a half you. of business. I would have never thought that, yet even though I have them, I'm like, okay, well, I still want more things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I think that's just, I, I think it's just the way you're <laughs> wired, and that's not a, it's not a bad thing. Well, that's the factual aspect in you versus the emotional. It's not a bad thing, but I definitely can let go of the reins. Okay, another question. I know it's something we talk about, but I'm trying to open up maybe – for some things that you might not talk about as much to your audience. Okay. Maybe you do. I'm not actually positive yeah, I can't see the videos. Know. But I think to me, it's been extremely interesting to watch the evolution of your business yeah. since it started. You know, I think when you opened up, a lot of it was based around going to clients' houses and physically cooking meals for them and Definitely. selling that service, getting into recipe development, partnerships with yeah. brands. You have this podcast now. You know, you're on these panels, all these partnerships. But where do you see the business evolving to over the next, you know, one to two years? Or is this not, not something you fully mapped out yet? I was actually just having this conversation with Sari um, while we were in Baltimore. I don't have an answer to that because, well, most people say like five years. And I definitely mm-hmm. don't have an answer to that because I want my platform and my company to evolve with the way that the market's evolving and if you had said to someone five years ago, like influencing, quote unquote, Instagram, all that, like 
that wasn't a full-blown business. Mm-hmm. So who knows? There could be this new platform that I focus more on, which podcasting, for right. instance. Um, but in a year from now, I mean, I really want my podcast to continue to grow because it's my favorite part about my company. So well, if you're listening to this, can you please go rate and review because it really would help. Um, and I think more of like the content creation, but ways to connect with people more. I love speaking on panels and being at events and just having the conversations. I love talking. I was going to say, so what would you say outside of the podcast that is your favorite, most fulfilling component of your job right now? When I get to meet people at events or connect with people over DMs. When I talk about what I'm struggling with and I get yeah. these really long DMs. Like, that, that's what my answer was going to be. If, yeah. you, if I had to say what your favorite part was, you genuinely get so happy yeah. and you know, kind of proud I not do. only of yourself but also whoever you're connecting with. When you show me these DMs of, you know, hey, I posted about my struggles with anxiety today and yeah. I got this message because I think it gives you that level of mm-hmm. fulfillment and kind of reaffirmation of what you're doing is important and you are reaching and impacting people. Thank you because you said it way more beautifully than I did, but I agree. Um, we do have to wrap up. So what are the three ways to your heart through food? The three ways to my heart through Joseph, food. Are you kidding me? Would be, like that okay, was okay. not a joke. Okay. I didn't fully think about this one either because I wasn't sure that you were asking to. these. I know, but okay. I think partly due to the fact that we are now in the heart of football season, this is not going to be one specific food, but it's going to be portrayed as football food. And you know when when I have my big sports guy. No, we have friends over cooking. You know that's yeah, going to be yeah. a combination of I love it too. You know meat, chili, wings, mm. chips and dip. So I'd say that's buffalo that's one dip, buffalo chicken dip. dip. Exactly all of that. We have to figure a out good, what we're hosting so we can put together a big spread. Number two would be a good burger and fries. Do you want to share where your favorites are from? Yeah, well, because yeah, for, I that. yeah. We've had a little bit of an issue recently. Yeah, bar sardine so sardine together. Always has been our favorite for years. Um, they had a changeover in staff. I think the kitchen changed a little bit. They're making the burger a little bit differently. And I went last week, and specifically, I could tell that the bun was completely different. Yeah, we're not. Pleased. And that was one of the most unique parts of that burger. Uh-huh. So for the longest time, that was one. We actually just had Upland yesterday. I absolutely love that burger. Obviously, Oshaval so is great. Uh, there's tons of great burgers in the city, but in general, you know, a good burger and fries. Okay, what's and, your favorite type of fry style? Shoestring, wedge, waffle, curly. Honestly, I don't get curly fries anymore. Kind of a weird one because I don't actually have them often, but like I really do love a good waffle fry. Really? Yeah. I know that that was a weird response because we don't have it often, but I love a good waffle fry. Well, I know we – okay, interesting. I can't think of the specific seasoning on them, but maybe Old is it like Bay? Old Bay? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then – I like potatoes. <laughs> That's what we third, say when Joe went through a little bit of a – A little bit of a pudgy stage. Stage? Lucy does a voice and says, I like potatoes. <laughs> he does then, like potatoes. Okay, the I third would be – Pizza. Which, any like. I don't have a particular place, but like the end of the night, like a good slice, a good like drunk pizza. I will almost always find somewhere to stop on the way home. Yes, you will. I think A, it actually does physically make you feel better the next day when you take a little break instead of going straight from like drinking to bed. Also, like absorbing. To stop and have, you know, food, but I love a good late night slice. I mean, honestly, I will say, like, when you go out, 99% of the nights you have pizza. Even if you're not that drunk. I also, but it's not even just going out. I, yeah, I love, pizza love pizza in general. Can you say, like, your favorite style of pizza? Like, I like a good, crust, yeah, like, I like a yeah. good, thin, crispy. Conti's. I love Conti's. I don't like too much sauce on it. I love pepperoni. What type of pepperoni? Like Conti's pepperoni? Like yeah, but I don't even little... know what that style is called, and I don't feel like that's very frequent. I think I've they seen. I think Emmy squared. squared. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they have it, but I think that's the only other place I've seen no, that specific uh, style. Bleecker Street. No, yeah, Bleecker Street. No, what the fuck is it? Prince Street Pizza. Yeah, that's some good pizza. Have you ever I, had? That? I don't think so. It's one of the best pizzas in New York. I love I it. Think, I think those are those are my three. Okay. If I had to answer right now. All right, I love you so much. I love you so much. You're my person. I'm so grateful for you. 
I'm more, I fall more and more in love with you every single day. And I'm really happy that I get to spend the rest of my life with you. As am I. And I'm very happy I was able to feel, fulfill an act of service. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on here because I know this is outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. which is where we succeed. Um, no, but I know this is outside of your comfort zone. And let it also be said that it's a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And the Eagles, and the Eagles play, Eagles in, play 20 minutes. in 20 minutes. So, so we will wrap this up, get home, I'll throw on my sweatshirt, have some dessert because we ate dinner before this, have a beer, and watch the game. Great. I, I love, love you guys. You. I, you love them? Okay, fine. Thank you. I love you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.